Welcome to the Dear Young Preacher Mentoring Talk Podcast, a ministry of the Dear Young Preacher Mentoring Group with yours truly, Dr. James T. Worthy. Join me now for the next few moments for a time of education, inspiration, empowerment, and encouragement as we seek to help the next generation of proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ for his glory and for his praise. In the 17th chapter of the book of Exodus, there is a very familiar story in that particular passage of scripture where the Amalekites are actually battling against God's chosen nation. You find it recorded in the second half of Exodus chapter 17, where it is told that Amalek or the Amalekites rose up in war against the children of Israel. Now, what many people do not know to really stay honest with the context of scripture, you already know that Amalek was one of the cousins of the children of Israel. Um, And because he was one of the cousins of the children of Israel, uh, they were family, they were connected. And so war rose up between these two nations, these two groups of cousins, shall we say. But the story tells us that Moses, the chosen leader, the God-appointed leader of the nation of Israel, took some very simple standards based on God's instructions to actually see defeat of the Amalekites. He says to them that God says to him that Joshua was actually to go and gather together a group of soldiers, and they were to go and fight on the front lines against the Amalekites. Meanwhile, he was going to go up on the hill with the staff that God had given him, which represents the power and the authority of God. He was to go and stand on the hill. And as long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were defeating the Amalekites. But you also know in that passage of scripture, the Bible says that there came a moment when Moses grew tired. There came a moment when Moses grew weary. And I want to talk to young preachers tonight. And of course, as we have the body of Christ at large with us tonight, this word tonight will certainly apply to you as well. In understanding that ever so often, God-appointed leadership gets weary. God-appointed leadership. True pastors, and I thank God for those pastors that are on tonight, and I'm sure you will attest and you will agree with me that there are moments in our time of serving God's people that we get tired. There are moments when we serve God's people that we get weary in the battle. There are moments when self-care is necessary and needed for God-appointed leadership. How do we deal with that when leaders get to a place where they grow weary in the journey? First and foremost, I want to make sure that we understand that godly appointed leadership is just that. It's godly appointed. It does not replace God. It is godly appointed leadership. And anytime you serve God in any area of godly leadership and you find yourself getting weary, You need somebody, much as this story tells us, that will be there to undergird you and hold up your arms. 
I want to encourage every young preacher, particularly those who are starting in ministry and those who have submitted themselves to godly appointed leadership. Tonight, I just simply want to encourage you to possess the spirit of Joshua, Aaron, and her. See, oftentimes when we look at this passage of scripture, we often talk about Aaron and her going up on the mountain with Moses and holding Moses' arms up so that the Israelites could remain victorious. But sadly, we leave out Joshua. And in every young preacher who strives to advance the kingdom and see the kingdom advanced, there is one, if not all three, of these representations in you. And I just want to share with you tonight because it's something that I saw that I have never seen before in this passage of scripture. Because many times in my preaching and teaching this passage, I've focused so much on Aaron and her that I left out Joshua. I focused so much on the two men that went with Moses that we leave out Joshua, who's going to be identified tonight as the frontline soldier. There has to be a Joshua in the camp who knows how to receive instruction from godly appointed leadership and then find the strength and the spirit of obedience to walk out the instructions as they were given. Did you not notice that that's exactly what took place? God spoke to Moses. Moses told Joshua, Joshua, get some men together. You go and you fight Amalek and your cousins that are coming your way. Did you not notice not one time do we see where Joshua questioned what Moses said? Not one time did we see where Joshua said, I don't think that I should be doing this. Not one time do we see Joshua saying, well, why aren't you going down to fight? You are the leader. You, you, this is your job, not mine. Joshua was the frontline soldier who watched this, trusted God, and the God in his leader. Did you catch it? He trusted God and the God in his leader to basically say, if this is the assignment given to me by my leader, then this is the assignment that I'm going to carry out. See, too often in ministry, and this is something that we are all guilty of, too often in ministry, we spend too much time trying to develop our own plans, trying to set our own agendas. See, the reason why, watch this, fast forward uh, a few books of the Bible, you would come to note that the same person that submitted to Moses' leadership, look at this, sooner or later after Moses dies, becomes the leader. See, when you come out of Exodus and step into the book of Joshua, you then learn that the same Joshua that God commissions to tell him, be not afraid, follow what I say after Moses is dead, is the same one who here submits to Moses' leadership. 
whatever Moses told him to do because he trusted God and he trusted the God that was in his leader. And I'm going to say this because I want to encourage young preachers to understand now more than ever with all that is happening in a season when folks will try to pull you away and try to sway you away. And even to a season where there are others who will try to discredit your leader with hopes of pulling you over to where they are, be ever so careful that you know who your Moses is. So we understand Joshua was the frontline soldier. Joshua was the student of Moses who submitted to Moses's direction and then trusted God and trusted the God in Moses enough to go and fight on the front line based totally on what Moses had said. So Moses says to Joshua, you go fight the Amalek, you go fight the Amalekites, get some strong soldiers with you and you go. And while you go fight them, here's the other thing I saw. I'm going up on the mountain. I'm going up to the hill and I'm going to take Aaron and her with me. And here is the thing. I'm going to not only take Aaron and her, I'm going to also make sure that I've got the rod, which represented the power and the authority of God in my hand. That gives me a good time to remind us that anytime you are following godly leadership, you are respecting the authority that God has given godly leadership. You don't, you don't try to, to overtake it. You don't try to take it from him. Here's the reality. Think about this for what it's worth. Here's a good preaching moment that I hope will help everybody. There is a reason why God put the rod in Moses's hands. The reason being is that's where God had invested the authority. And I want to say to young preachers, if God did not place the rod in your hand to pastor the church that you are currently serving as an associate minister, be careful letting folk push you up for something that God has not invested in you to do. See, we live in a season now where young preachers hear me tonight, and I'm saying this so that you can hear it and that so the body of Christ can hear it. There are people within the church that question or do not like the authority of the pastor because they can't have their way. I said it. And so when they can't have their way, you know what they will do? They will try to recruit you to rise up against the pastor. And if you will rise up against the pastor, let me tell you how they'll say it. We'll get him out of here. And when we get him out of here, we'll make you the pastor. Let me go ahead and tell you from experience, the same folks that will sing your praises will turn around and blame it all on you. They'll say you would be the one that said it. You would be the one that did it. You were the one that went there. 
This was all your idea. There is a reason why God gave the authority to Moses, not Joshua, not Aaron, not her. There is a reason, if I could put it in present church vernacular, there is a reason why Moses was the pastor and not the associate minister. Because there is an authority that God has invested in your Moses that Joshua, you've got to glean from to get ready for your season of leadership. Something to think about, right? So we understand, we see this now, we understand what's taking place. Joshua was that frontline soldier, but then you see the Bible says that Moses goes up on the hill and he takes two people with him. He takes Aaron, his brother, his right-hand man, and he also takes her who, as I have studied, I've come to discover it is believed that her was actually Miriam's husband, making her Moses's brother-in-law. But there are a couple of things here that I see with both of these guys that really connect them to and made them the absolute choices to go up. First of all, there is that spirit of Aaron who was Moses's right-hand man. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron was the fella that God commissioned to be of help to Moses. You remember going all the way back when Moses was commissioned by God, that Moses said, I cannot speak well. I've got a speech impediment. They will not hear me because they know I can't say it right. So God said, I'm going to send your brother to speak for you. But watch this, because if you've ever read the book of, Mo of Exodus, have you noticed that Aaron never said anything until he was authorized by Moses to say it? As a matter of fact, if you read the book of Exodus, how many times have you seen that God spoke to Moses and God told Moses, tell Aaron to do this, that, and the third. Young preacher, I want to challenge you not only to possess the spirit of the frontline soldier with your God-appointed leadership, but I want to challenge you to possess the spirit of the right-hand man. That is the one that basically says, Whatever my leader tells me to do and to ask me to carry out, that is what I will carry out. If all I'm supposed to do is be like Aaron and speak as Moses tells me to speak, that's what I'm supposed to do. I've got to be that right-hand man. I've got to be that one that, that, that my leader can depend on. Aaron was the one that when the nation turned against Moses up until he went to the mountain, Aaron was right there pushing, keeping things moving, encouraging the people to do right, making sure they stayed focused and faithful. You've got to understand once again, you've got to watch it because Aaron shows us by his own example that if you let the people get in your ear, 
the people will cause you to sway and they will cause you to turn not only on your Moses, but watch this. According to scripture, a turn on Moses is a turn on God himself. So sometimes we have to be oh so careful as preachers of the gospel. You submit to godly authority. You submit to the one that God has placed his authority in and that God has invested his authority in to do the work that God has called him to do. So, of course, we see now Joshua was the frontline soldier. I've identified Aaron as the right hand man. But then there's one more fella here. That's the man we know is her. And the thing that I see in her is the same thing that I also see in Aaron. Because if you notice, here's another piece I saw that I've never seen in this passage until I really began to do some in-depth study today. Did you all not notice that the whole purpose of Aaron, her, and Moses going up on the hill was to intercede and pray for the nation, which basically says to me, I want to identify her as the spirit of the intercessor. When I talk about the intercessor, I want to challenge now more than ever, if there is something every preacher ought to have, every preacher ought to have a prayer life. Every preacher ought to spend time in prayer. Young preacher, no matter how great of a preacher you are, no matter how profound you are in your exegesis of scripture, no matter how homiletically or hermeneutically correct you are in presenting the gospel, you need a prayer life. And you need a prayer life. Watch what I'm about to say that will allow you to not only pray over yourself, but will give you an openness and a willingness and a heart to intercede for somebody else. That's what actually happened. Because the Bible says that as they sat on the hill, Moses' arms grew tired. And every time Moses' arms got tired and they went down with the rod in his hand, the nation of Israel began to lose and walk in defeat over the Amalekites. But Aaron and Hur, the Bible says, found a stone and set Moses on it. And after they set Moses on the stone, they held up his arms. The Bible says, I love the, I love the word. The word said they steadied his arms. Young preacher, here's the thing I need to tell you as a pastor Hear my heart on behalf of your pastors everywhere. We don't need you to kick us off the hill. We don't need you to trip us up. What we really need you to do is hold up our arms so that the entire nation is victorious. Not your plan, not your motive, but that the entire nation prospers. I can promise you this, your season of leadership, if it is God appointed, will come. But you speeding up the process is not going to get you there any quicker. Because there are two things that I see that really made the difference 
in the lives of Joshua, Aaron, and her that I want you to apply to your lives as preachers of the gospel submitted to some type of leadership. Here it is. Number one, Joshua, Aaron, and her understood who God gave the authority to. They didn't try to change it. They didn't try to finagle with it. They didn't try to play with it. They didn't try to say he's not good enough. None of that. They understood who God gave the authority to. And I want to challenge you as you begin in ministry and as you serve in ministry and as you walk in ministry, the strength and the success of your ministry will always come when you always remember and never forget who God gave the authority to. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 3.15, God said, I will give you pastors after my heart to feed you with knowledge and with understanding. God said, the authority to pastor, to serve, to serve as an under-shepherd comes from God. You can't take that. Well, we voted and the church voted and made them the pastor. Well, get this, because here is the word of God in Proverbs. The book of Proverbs says that when the righteous are in authority, the people will rejoice. The righteous, people who seek to do it God's way. So when you've got people seeking to do it God's way in authority, the people will rejoice. But keep reading that verse in Proverbs. When the wicked bear rule, the people will mourn. Which basically says that if God gives the authority, guess what? This thing is going to be victorious. All I got to do is make sure, Moses, your hands don't drop. Because Moses, I realize you get weary. Moses, I realize you get tired. So I need you to make sure you keep your hands up. And as Joshua fights on the front line, we, Aaron and her, we're going to do what we need to do to make sure that Moses, our Moses' hands do not go down. Because if Moses' hands go down, watch this. They held his hands up even in weariness. Just because they held his hands up did not mean that Moses automatically received strength. But what he did receive, watch this, in this moment that he was lack of strength, he received some stability from people who were his right-hand man and who were interceding. Somebody catch this revelation. Every pastor needs somebody in their lives that will stand with them when they are following God and still needs somebody else that will cover them in prayer even when they don't do it right. So Aaron, her, Joshua understood who God gave the authority to. 
And because they understood that it was God given authority, here's the other thing. They chose to hold him up instead of trying to push him out. Sometimes we've got to learn and we've got to realize that everything is not going to be like we see it. As preachers of the gospel, there are going to be some times your pastor is going to say and do some things that you may not agree with. There's going to be some times that your pastor is going to tell you to do something that you feel like is beneath you. There are going to be some times where you feel like you should be presiding over the service when he really just wants you to sit and just push and pray those through. So you got to understand they held him up. And that's what you've got to be able to do. Hold up your God-appointed leader. How do I hold him up? I'm not going to let anybody say anything negative about him. Don't let anybody. And I will say this to every young preacher and members of the body of Christ. Don't you let anybody feed you some foolishness or some negativity about your leader. Your leader is not God, but he is God's representative that watches for your soul. And the word of God says that he has to do it with joy and not with grief. Because if a pastor serves you with grief, the Bible says that is unprofitable for you. Which leads me to the most important piece that I have held on to through this entire time of sharing. I cannot close this word and this message of understanding and obtaining the spirit of Joshua, Aaron, and her without taking a moment to finally talk to Moses. I've got to talk to Moses. I've got to talk to the one who possesses the spirit of the God-appointed leader, to every pastor that is watching tonight, to every pastor that is listening to this podcast, I want to share something with you that has actually convicted me. And here it is. There is a reason why God gave you Joshua, Aaron, and her. You cannot do it by yourself. And I speak not only with encouragement, not only with a word of empowerment, but I speak also from experience. As a pastor, you can't do it all by yourself. You're going to need some help. You're going to need some strengthening. You're going to need some stability. You've got to be able to have somebody in your life, brother pastor, Sister Pastor, you need somebody who will possess the spirit of Joshua that loves God, loves you, and loves the church enough to say, Pastor, let me take care of this for you. Let me help you by doing this. One of the hardest things sometimes for us to do is to give in and let somebody help us. From experience, I can tell you that there have been times I have often said, you know, I can do it myself. I can get it done quicker by myself. But I have discovered that not only have I put undue pressure on myself, 
I rob others for from an opportunity to be used. So find the strength. If they desire the help and want to help, Moses, let them help you. It doesn't take anything away from the authority. Why? It was authority given to you by God himself. And if God gave it to you, Pastor Shirley Caesar says, the world didn't give it, so the world can't take it away. Moses, God has given you Joshua. He's given you Heron. He's given you her. He's given you some frontline soldiers that will go down and fight while you pray. They will handle it while you seek the Lord for direction. They will cover it while you walk it out in the spirit. And then at the same time, they're going to send you, he's given you an Aaron that's going to be your right hand, that's going to stand with you, that's going to walk with you. Even through the most difficult points, the roughest points, they're going to walk with you. But also Moses, let's remember as pastors, we have some hers among us. They don't want any recognition. They don't want any praise. But while we are warring in the spirit, they will war on our behalf. To every young preacher, I challenge you tonight. Possess the spirit of Joshua, Aaron, and her. Here is my question in closing. Not only among young preachers, but even in the body of Christ. Are there any more Joshua's left? Are there any more Aaron's left? Where are the hers? Are there any frontline soldiers that will stand for what's right, even if you have to stand alone? Are there any right-hand people that are going to stand with Moses even when nobody else will stand with him? And are there any hers left that will pray and war in the Holy Ghost, asking God to cover, keep, provide, and protect for my God-appointed leader? That's what the times are calling for.